every step was a step forward into clarity around how I plan to spend the next decades of my life. You know, this is how I want to not only put food on my table, but also support and nourish my clients. Brain Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. This is a companion podcast to the Unleash Your Supernova book, a guide to mindfulness and manifestation. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, award-winning fashion designer, author, founder, and award-nominated producer and host. Just like an exploding star, we all have the ability to shine millions of times more than the sun, to expand into the greatest, brightest version of ourselves, reaching our fullest potential. Join myself and my inspiring guests as we guide you on a journey of growth, creativity, and manifestation in both business and life. My guests are creative entrepreneurs from around the world doing what they love while shining a light to others. Listen and subscribe and continue to unleash your supernova. Today, I am so excited to have with us Jen Nash. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Nova. How are you? I am great, and I can't wait to start playing in the sandbox with you today. But before we get started and diving into our topic of the day, the power of connections, which I'm really, really excited about, I'm just going to share a little bit about you to our listeners. So for those of you that are meeting Jen for the first time, Jen is a best-selling author of the book, The Big Power of Tiny Connections. Born in Canada and raised around the world in such countries as Hong Kong, Japan, and Australia, Jennifer now lives in New York City and is an IFC certified executive coach. With over 20 years working as an entrepreneur, building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, and serving as a high-level creative strategist to Fortune 100 pharma, health, tech, and finance giants, Jen Nash now runs retention-focused corporate training sessions that enable left-brain geniuses to connect more powerfully with their reports and with their clients. From masterful storytelling trainings to creating connection in a disconnected hybrid workplace, Jen loves supporting powerful shifts. Wow, I love that, Jen. I love like the, the mix between the travel and then the real estate and then the executive coaching. You're doing so much. And then, of course, the book. Yep. I can't wait to dive into our topic But before we do that, we're going to talk about your why. And for those that are joining our show for the first time, we start off with the why. This is the first chapter of my book and Unleash Your Supernova. And I think this is really important to go over for everyone and not just one time. I think you should always re-evaluate your why in everything you do because it really and truly becomes your North Star And sometimes the reasons that we're doing things aren't the best. (laughs) So that's why it's always really good to, if you're in a relationship, if you're getting a new job, if you're moving, or if you feel stagnant where you are, always go back to your why. And so Jen, why do you do what you do? You have a mix of things here from the book to your training sessions in, in corporate America to your executive coaching. Why do you do what you do? I love that question. It's so multidimensional. It just pulls in all aspects of ourselves, doesn't it? Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what's interesting. I was a strategic creative director for decades 
And in my personal life, I mentored women for the last five years around self-worth, finances, negotiation, networking. And I realized that if I wanted to shift into the fullest expression of myself and really be able to support the way with the world and the way I really wanted to do that, I would have to become a full-time coach and corporate trainer and just really lean into that side of my offering. And so I took a step back from the corporate consulting work and really leaned into next leveling my coaching. And I do that through mental fitness trainings that I offer. And I do that through, you know, the corporate trainings and the one-on-one coaching, which brings me so much heart joy. And I think at the end of the day, if you had to say, well, one line it for me, Jen, I would say, this brings me a lot of joy. That is why I do this, joy. Ooh, I love that, how you package it all into that one word, because I feel that we are on this lifelong search for joy. And some of us may not use that word, happiness, whatever, you know, our bucket list. We are on this adventure or journey, you know, looking for those things that I often describe as filling our well, like what makes us feel full, you know, what makes us naturally happy. And if you can combine the two, like your job, like what's actually earning you revenue with what you love to do, like that's the winning ticket, right? And not everyone needs to have that formula, like the, my day job, whatever I'm doing from nine to five or eight to four, whatever that time frame is, is what brings me the most joy. Because you could do that in your hobbies as well. But I love how you found that that balance with the two. And so my question is, How did you get to this point? And were there moments where you really struggled with that question? You know, what should I be doing with my life? What's my purpose? And and moments where you really weren't happy. Oh, yeah. Right about now, I would normally drop an expletive. But yes, absolutely. There were moments that were challenging and unhappy. So I think, I don't know about you, but like I definitely have 50% of my friends and former co-workers that thrived during the pandemic. And then the other half broke up with their partners, lost their jobs, struggled with real estate. Mm. So I feel like you went one of two ways. And Mm -hmm. I was mentoring and doing some entrepreneurial startup stuff around the crypto world, believe it or not, because I do have a a deep background in STEM, Mm. lots of science and tech and you know, finance. And so, but I wasn't feeling as called and as passionate about it. Mm, Okay. Largely like the mentoring was one thing I appreciate it, but I wasn't holding a proper container. I wasn't demanding what I should be worth. And I was sort of doing it more as charity, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. doesn't feed you as a business person, doesn't feed you as an entrepreneur. And it actually devalues Mm. what you're offering. So it wasn't feeding me holistically. And then along came the pandemic. Mm -hmm. My relationship crumbled, which actually changed my whole life top to bottom, changed where I was living, changed how I was living. Mm, It gave me a lot of perspective, but it was 
not easy. I mean, I think when you're on the other side of something, mm-hmm. you sound strong, you sound fine. I can assure you, I was none of these things. <laughs> you know, so I, I, and I want to be vulnerable because I want people to know that we all go through these, these patches and these waves are really important. Mm-hmm. So while I was in this drowning space, and it really literally was a drowning space, a dear friend of mine who is a coach, he's a very, very well-respected executive coach. He offered to coach me you know, put together a six month plan. Mm -hmm. He deferred payment for the six months, which was incredibly kind because psychologically I was like drowning with the changes and the expenses of life. So that was really kind. While I could afford it, there was a part of me that didn't want to. So having him say, you can pay me in six months was really powerful. And he sat down and crafted with me, obviously, next steps for my life. So I literally coached myself forward into a new space. I got more schooling. I got more training. I got IFC certified. I started really dedicating most of my time to full-time coaching and developing out corporate trainings that were takeoffs of trainings that I'd run previously actually with this coach. So and then, of course, I was finishing my book. And it's a, it was a lot. It was a lot to be going through emotional upheaval, changing your life. But every step was a step forward into clarity around how I plan to spend the next decades of my life. You know, this is how I want to not only put food on my table, but also support and nourish my clients. Right, right. Oh, wow. Does that answer the question? (laughs) Yeah, I know it does. It does. I love how you brought up the fact that you were in this space. And of course, crypto is still very early. It's space I'm very active in these days. And your background allowed you to find this niche, but you saw yourself doing more charity work, which is fine. But if 100% of what you're doing is charity and you don't have something else there coming in, to support you, then eventually that starts taking away from your self-worth, as you mentioned, and your value. And I think that it's, you know, when we're providing something to the world, whatever that is, if it's knowledge, if it's services, if products, that we should get an equal exchange of value for that, whatever it is. And I feel, especially for artists where these are things that you are creating, that's a part of you, that you love, that you would easily create for free. But it's something that if you can turn into your livelihood is powerful. And to make that shift, like you said, to find a place where you're not only giving back, but also receiving that same exchange of value back in currency, because energy, what we're doing is work. Work is energy. Energy is currency. And that there should be a a flow back and forth. And I think it's so important for our entrepreneurs to know this, especially women, because it's so easy for us to accept whatever the value or lack of value that's being thrown at us for what we're providing. And if we aren't our biggest cheerleaders, if we're not saying no, enough is enough, and I need to either switch gears where I'm the band-aid for whatever wound I'm problem I'm solving or 
you know, put her foot down and say, nope, this is what it is. This is what I'm worth. And you're either going to pay me for what I'm worth or I'm going to move on to the next person that it's going to pay me for what I'm worth. And so I think that's a really important takeaway because a lot of entrepreneurs, especially creative entrepreneurs, struggle with that and struggle with the ask and struggle with, you know, how do I find balance with doing what I love and also earning the currency that I need to earn so every day my needs are taken care of so I can continue to do what I love and serve who I want to serve in terms of this community. Yeah, that's so well said. And I think it's really something that especially women need to take to heart because we suffer so much with the give, give, give syndrome. And I'm not entirely sure where it comes from, but I think it has to do with good little girls put everyone else first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I haven't figured anything else out, but like, I feel like I hear this so often and my private coaching clients are all women. I work with success focused entrepreneurs and executives who are building really interesting lives for themselves. But an interesting subset of my client base is uh, high net worth individuals who really struggle with guilt and shame around how much they have. And it's interesting because when you see society women who are giving back and they're on nine boards and they're running lunches and they're giving back, they're working themselves to the bone to prove they deserve that lifestyle. Mm. It's so interesting to look at the difference between male and female, mm -hmm. how they hold space when they have abundance. It's really interesting. That is really interesting. I never knew that. So let's just go back to that statement you made. So a lot of women who you're working with, high net worth individuals, they're working themselves to the bone just to prove that they deserve that. Yeah, or they just run around with a lot of guilt and try not to be perceived as takers or leeches. Interesting. Because some of them have inherited the money and some of them have married the money. Mm. But I mean, I really always espouse the old adage, marry for money and you'll pay for it. But even if you just marry money, you're working for it. Mm. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. Like one of the wealthiest people that I know almost never has any time for herself. It's always go, 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 go. That's what people are working. They're working for the money so they can be chilling at the beach. You know, like you and I, we have plans, right? <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be either in Jamaica, in Mexico, wherever we're going to be. Right. So that's really I could see that. I do have a question. Yeah. Off of that. Do you see that? same pattern with women who've worked for that abundance within and earned that within their business do they are they still on the on the rabbit excuse me not the rabbit wheel but the hamster wheel so the clients in question they have their own way of making money but it's it's typically more gentle than the rabbit wheel they're not in the rat race so they're entrepreneurial, they're running businesses that are perhaps not generating as much income as say they would need to run their current households, but they support themselves either through their trust or through their partners. Um, so they have an entrepreneurial momentum, but it's not in that frenzied pace, which, and I think to some degree, it's that 
quiet space that gives them awkward pause. They don't know how to introduce themselves or what they do when they meet friends at a wedding, you know, or at a cocktail party. They have uncertainty around how they show up because they live in a different stratosphere. People that don't need to work, it's sometimes very challenging for them to integrate with the rest of the hustle. Yeah, I can appreciate that. So let's tie that into the topic of the show. Your book, The Big Power of Tiny Connections, is a bestseller. And you're going into these corporations. You are coaching a lot of successful people. What would you say was the biggest reason why you wrote the book? The biggest reason that I wrote this book was to really impart wisdom around how important connection is, not only for our health and well-being, because it's tremendously important, but also for crafting the biggest, best, most amazing lives. Like if you want more out of life, the most powerful thing you can do is lean in to connection. You want more money, you want a better job, you want to get invited to more parties, whatever it is, leaning into connection and noticing how you connect is the most powerful fast forward button you can hit. And my book not only explains that with, you know, scientifically backed facts in terms of like how detrimental to our health loneliness really is, but also with practical advice on everything from how do you follow up with someone you've casually met on a plane? Like, how do you turn that into a friendship? Hmm. How do you extricate yourself gracefully from conversations at a party because you want to go meet five more people? (laughs) I'll be completely transparent. I did not write that chapter. I had a Hollywood, fancy Hollywood producer who I don't even know her name. She's like so powerful. She wrote the chapter and then her publicist sent me back what she wrote, which I was very appreciative about because I'm actually not good at extricating myself from conversations. So I was like, oh, this is great advice. (laughs) Turns out you just leave them on a complimentary note based on something they said in the last 10 minutes. And it's, it's like really good advice. But yeah, I think that this book was part of who I am is really rooted in connecting randomly, magically, creatively with the world around me. And I wanted to share how I approach that because people have often commented on the fact that I can talk to anyone anywhere and sometimes turn it into something. So that's why I wrote the book. wanted to share the magic. Ooh, there's so many layers there that I want to dive into. So I'm going to start with the last one where this was something that people would compliment you on that you do very naturally and sounds like you have fun with it and you decided to turn it into a book, which is also a residual revenue stream. In Unleash Your Supernova, I talk about when you're trying to think about what to do, one of the things that there's a checklist and part of that checklist is what do people compliment you on? What do you spend your time doing? And these are things that we may take for granted, but I love how you said, you know, you decided to share the magic, like that's your magic, right? Like we all have that thing. And, and then if we look at that and say, okay, well, how can I take this magic and 
help someone else in whatever that channel is. If it's a book, if it's a workshop, if it's training sessions, if it's consulting, coaching, whatever it is, a product, then again, win-win. So love that. Love how you ended with that. So I'm going to, I am so curious because I want some, I want you to share some of these tips that you talk about in the book because, and then also maybe we start with the statistics. You mentioned that loneliness and we've, I don't know anyone that hasn't experienced a moment of loneliness in their lives. And we know, especially teens, as connected as they are in social, there's a huge spike in depression, anxiety, all sorts of mental health issues, and not just with teens, but across the board. And a lot of people feel alone. A lot of people feel that no one really understands them or they can relate to them. Or And I want to definitely start there. I want to talk about those numbers and those stats. And then I want you to unlock some of these secrets <laughs> of connecting and how we can really, when you say the your all the dreams that you've envisioned and or the the lifestyle that you want, the experiences you, you want to have, they're all within your current connection. So I, I want you to unpack that in a little more detail. But let's start with the stats around not feeling connected. Okay. So here's an interesting insight that I really didn't know until I started researching this book. Loneliness is equivalent to being morbidly obese. It's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It has the same impact on your body as elevated levels in your blood that would lead to heart disease and heart attacks. Wow. I mean, it's extremely negative. And in Mm. fact, there's a movement among doctors worldwide to actually talk to patients about how lonely they're feeling because it increases all these negative physical attributes, right? Right. Yeah. So it's literally a health marker. Wow. So, and historically, as we age, our homes were set up so that elderly parents could parent the grandchildren. Mm-hmm. We no longer do that. Mm-hmm. You know, now we all are in our little pods and we're scattered around the earth and we grab time with our children and our grandchildren when we can. Mm-hmm. So loneliness is a thing. That, I mean, I totally get why senior living is and community living for seniors is a thing. Makes perfect sense. Right. Right. Absolutely. When you have a tribe that you relate to, that you can socialize with and engage with, that you have common, I guess, common interests and stories and experiences to, and then to lean on those individuals. So yeah, I can see that. Not sure if that's what I'm striving for, but (laughs) I definitely, I get it. I get, I get it. And I agree. But you you have lots of kids, so I feel like you're going to be able to ro- you're going to be able to rotate your kids through for vacations, you know, in your beautiful house in Jamaica. They're just going to want to come and see you. That's right, Let's you're going to be fine. Oh man! But to your point, though, I feel if we are aware of the health hazards of loneliness early on, before it becomes an issue, and we are proactive and intentional in building the things within our lives within our jobs, 
within our homes to prevent this. I think it's, again, it's it's awareness, it's knowledge is power, right? And just being aware and and having that conversation with each other, having those conversations with our children and not just hoping that because they're going to school and coming home and most kids these days do have social accounts and that everything is fine, you know, or they have a friend group and everything is fine. Like even just checking in with them. And there are plenty of adults that I know that would say, I feel lonely. And they're coaching. They're doing all sorts of things. They're always around other people, giving themselves and their their services to other people. But then yet, when they close the door at the end of the day, they feel lonely. So how do we address this? And part of it is just being aware that it's there and then putting those things in place. So thanks for sharing that. I had no idea how impactful loneliness could be on our health. So now that we know that, listeners, are you paying attention? (laughs) Now that we know that, and we know that the opposite of that is being intimately connected with people, let's move into connections and the power of connections. And how do we unlock like all the wonderful things that you shared with us earlier that's possible through our connections? Yeah. And you just touched on something really interesting about how people are often surrounded by people and yet they're still lonely. Mm. And I, I actually think that's, that also touches on why there's an epidemic, which I don't know how many people know, but there's an epidemic of teen girls having panic and anxiety. Mm, Interesting. And it's, it's being linked to social media because there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of requirements to get streaks on Snapchats and like they got to keep their snaps up. And and the thing is, is when 12 and 13 year olds who have wildly developing brains are being pushed in this way, Mm. it's having really negative outcomes when they're 16, 17, 18 girls are being dragged out of college because they're having you know, complete meltdowns in a much greater percentage than even 20 years ago. Wow. Right. Because it's stressful. And I think part of that is we lean into the snaps and the texts and the chats because we get that little serotonin release when someone reaches out. It's like the dating apps. There was a huge deep dive into why dating apps work so well, but don't work at all. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a line that someone shared with me recently as to why people become drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Nothing works so well as something that almost works. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're constantly grasping forward because you're just so close. Right. You're just so close. You're on the edge of an epiphany. You're on the edge of feeling loved. Mm. You're on the edge of real connection. But the problem is, is real connection is very simple, but very hard. It's looking people in the eyes. Mm -hmm. It's talking about things that matter. It's being vulnerable. I'll give you an an example. Mm -hmm. So I have a friend that I share poems with. She is a wonderful, wonderful coach and, and yoga instructor. And we literally developed a pandemic relationship all around poetry. You know, and if anybody's curious, it's Wayfair Yoga TC. Lizzie Foster is an amazing, amazing lady. And so this morning she sent me this beautiful poem. It's very, very long, so I won't share it. But I remember just reading it casually and sort of feeling 
a little overwhelmed and I didn't quite finish the poem. And then it's called The Invitation by Araya Mountain Dreamer, in case anyone's curious. And it's this lovely poem about life and how you show up and what's important to you. And I shared it with another friend who I know gets touched by these things. And then I sat down and read it. A few minutes later, that other friend reached out and asked, how are you? Now, on one hand, I could have said, I'm good. It's a regular Tuesday morning, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And instead I said, actually, I'm sitting here crying because that poem just like totally messed with my head. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was like, do I want to send that text? Because mm-hmm. now don't I sound a little bit un- unhinged right. to be sitting on my couch early in the morning crying over a poem. Right. And, but then here's the beauty of what happened. They responded, yes, it made me dizzy. Like that poem shook me, it moved me. And like we had a really nice text exchange that was much deeper than, yeah, I'm good, Tuesday, have a great day. Right. So I think we're all so strong, so busy, Mm -hmm. so so moving so quickly. Mm -hmm. We forget that it's in those moments of being human, of reaching into our core, of connecting with the world around us truly that actually builds moments that nourish ourselves. So my takeaway from that is being okay with being vulnerable, right? Really sharing how we're feeling, not what we feel the other person may want to hear. And trusting that the other person on the other side that's receiving that information is not going to hurt you with that information. So yeah. Because I feel that obviously when you think about being vulnerable and I like using imagery, if you're raw, right? So if you have, if you have like a cut on your hand and you pour alcohol on it, that hurts. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And that's how I envision, you know, being vulnerable is like you're taking the chance of getting alcohol poured on this open wound, which is going to hurt. But if you're vulnerable, if you're okay with sharing then that person may have the perfect size Band-Aid for that. And that's just trusting and thinking in a very positive way and and really, I don't know, like owning your thoughts and commanding what you want from the response to reactions. Like, I want a positive response. Like, just put that out there. Share that, you know, in terms of just think about that. Hold on to that. And, or think about, who comes to mind that I can share this with? Maybe it wasn't the person right then and there, but maybe you pick up the phone and you call your sister or your aunt or mom or or another friend or coach and say, hey, I just read this poem and it really shook me and can we talk? So I think again, if we can find more moments of vulnerability, because that's when true relationships are built, And just think about your best friends. Like, how did you guys become friends, right? Whatever, if it's from work or school, you've gone through both good and bad together, right? It's not just you're flying high and you're always flying high. It's who was there for you when you were down and out? Like, who held your hand and pulled you out of the ditch? You know, those are the individuals that you remember. And so I think that if we, again, you know, know that a part of life are having those experiences that are not so fun and how you can get through them is finding that person or trusting 
individuals around you, and sometimes it's a stranger, trusting individuals around you to share that moment with. So my kids give tease me all the time because when I'm out and about, I meet strangers and I love talking to people. I'm curious, just like you, Jen, I'll talk to anyone. I love giving compliments about anything. Like it could be your nails, your shoes, your hair, like whatever. I love giving compliments. And so oftentimes strangers will share very intimate moments of their lives with me right on the spot. And, you know, my kids, I have four growing up, they're with me most, you know, they were with me most of the time. And they would always like, mommy, why did they tell you that? Mommy, why did they share that with you? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they just needed someone to talk to. But when I'm in that moment, I am truly, fully present and I'm listening. And sometimes that's all we need to do. Being on the other side is just listening because everyone has something to share at some point. And you may be that stranger that they open up to, that they choose to be vulnerable with and just be fully present. So when it's your turn to share with someone else, they can give it back to you as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot that you've just dropped there. Thank you. (laughs) So I want to unpack some of these secrets before we move to the next segment of the show where you play host and you ask me a few questions. But before we get to that, what are some of these things we could do with our connections? So let's say I have a hundred connections. Are we talking about real life connections, people who I've met in person at some point in my life and I actually have in my phone contact list or are these social media connections from whatever platform? Let's start there. What are we speaking of when we say connections? I think a connection can be anything. I have people on social media that I talk to that I've never met. I have people that I've built beautiful friendships with over years and I've met them exactly once. You know, I think a connection is someone with whom you've fostered some kind of simpatico. And, you know, and I think it's someone with whom you could share something personal and or ask for a favor. And I think when you're building up a company and you're an entrepreneur, knowing who is in your network and knowing who you feel connected to is super important because a lot of the time I think we chase cold leads when if we looked at home and we looked at who we know and who they know and we actually took the time to ask our friends and their friends hey who do you know in this sphere because this is what I'm trying to do we would get a lot further a lot faster and I think we just you know I think we we like the idea of not asking for help for some reason and this again comes back to vulnerability I actually think that the most powerful five words in the English language are, I need your help. Mm. Sorry, that was four, four words. So it's, I mean, people like to think it's, I love you, but I don't think that's as powerful as I need your help because you can change everything with those four words. And in the book, I actually talk about how almost every situation can be shifted, especially if you're feeling uncomfortable and you share that. Like if you're, if you're in a, at a meeting or a conference or your cousin's wedding and you don't know anyone and you're in that lull between sessions or between speeches and, you know, I encourage people to stand by the bar, stand by the bar where people are walking away with drinks because they walk away with their drinks and they pause because they have all their needs met and now they're ascertaining where they're going. It's a great time to say something like, I came alone, I hate these things, can we hang out? 
it's very vulnerable. You've just literally sort of opened your raincoat, so to speak. And who's going to say no? Most people will say, oh, I have a posse of people. Come and join us. Or I alternatively, my date just abandoned me and I'm standing here feeling like a goofball. I'm Jen and introduce yourself, you know, and start a conversation. Like most people are very open. And especially if we share that we're feeling awkward, it's an immediate sort of, oh, I totally get where you're at. Because we've all felt awkward. We've all felt alone. We've all felt misplaced. And so I think if we look at how we grow our companies, we grow our friendships, we grow our connections, I think leaning into vulnerability, asking for help, and really trying to show up as our full selves, it's the best advice I can give. I love that. I need your help. That is something that I think is a great takeaway for anyone to use in any situation. And especially for those that are just starting a business, like you don't have to know everything all the time or any of the time and being okay with sharing that. I just came across a post this morning, speaking of, I need your help. And it wasn't necessarily business related, but it was an entrepreneur who was seeking referrals for physicians in Japan because her husband needed a special type of treatment. And he had just received the news that he had this rare cancer and just came through surgery, but needs to follow up with this, these super specialists to help him have and live a normal life after the surgery. And her opening words was, what was it? It was, I think it was, I need your help. This is what, dear friends, I need your help. And this is a situation and I don't normally post things like this, but I need this information quickly and X, Y, Z. And that post has gotten, I don't know, at least 5,000 replies, 40,000 impressions or reactions. And by opening up with that, and yes, it's obviously a situation, a life or, or death situation and humans feel for other humans that are going through something that drastic. But even with, hey, I'm here alone and feeling awkward, it's bringing it down to that human level. Like, I guess that's the point, right? Like, yeah, you might have to feel silly saying that you feel silly. But the best outcome of that is you, you're going to meet at least one new friend, right? Because most people aren't going to look and go, okay, and walk away, right? And you know what? Even if they did, that's okay. Like the universe just did you a favor where you're not going to be with someone that's a horrible person. And then you say it to the next person. Like that is the whole point. And we are all connected where that one statement can lead to a friendship that could lead to so many other ripple effects that can help impact other people's lives. So even if you're thinking about it, like, hmm, by me asking for help, this one conversation can help impact other people's lives in the way I can never imagine. And so even if if you're a person that's of service and you don't want to do it for yourself, you could do it for those that you can help indirectly. So I love, love, love that takeaway. Super simple. And then going back to, well, which connections? Well, like you said, any connection that you've built that you have, what did you say, simpatico? Yeah. (laughs) So that's very cool. So this is a great time for me to give you the mic. So you can ask me 
one or two questions of your choice, anything that comes to you, and then we'll wrap up with a question from our listeners. Oh, you don't know me well enough. That's so dangerous. Look at you. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm going to brace myself. <laughs> okay, so I bet you have a story that your audience would love to hear about a time where you connected with someone completely randomly and it might have changed your life or shifted something or got you something, like whether it was a job or an invitation or an opportunity. Can you think of a moment like that? Yes. That was sort of like, oh, wonderful. Love to hear that story. Yep, I can. It was my first job after college, my first full-time real, quote-unquote, real job. And I was working as an IT recruiter. It's so funny that I'm, I'm back in the tech space. Really funny. Full circle. But anyway, I was working at this company and I realized that, like, I remember one day I was just thinking to myself, if I could do anything in the world, you know, what would it be? And this is months into this company, four or five months, but having started the routine of nine to five and coming into an office, gray walls, gray carpeting, maybe one or two windows and me being a creative and artist, I definitely need color and I need change. <laughs> like this, the routine thing wasn't, wasn't it for me. And so I said, okay, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? And fashion design came to my mind. And I, there was an accountant for this company that would come every so often to check in, meet with the founder. And I didn't know her that well, but she was really nice to me whenever she would come in. So one day we were in the elevator together, going back up to the office and something just told me, tell her, tell her what this new idea you have. So I, I shared with her that I just had the realization that I wanted to do fashion design. And I knew no one, no artist, no stylist, no fashionistas, nothing. I was in the middle of Connecticut, cow country. And she then introduced me to a good friend of hers who was a window designer at Macy's. And so I took a trip to New York to meet this stranger. He was so kind and so generous with his time and then introduced me to another designer from Parsons. And she gave me the advice I needed to help me put a portfolio together to get into fashion design school. And it was like one, me being vulnerable enough to share this idea that was very scary because I was on a completely different path. I was working full time at a company that she was hired for. And so I had to risk her maybe telling the boss or kind of looking at me, you know, in a silly way, like, oh, why would you want to do that? This wasn't like I was in New York City or something or LA. It wasn't a common career choice at the time. And so, but instead she said, oh, I'm going to introduce you to this person. And then that person introduced me to another person. And that was life-changing for me. Like it, the advice that I got in, from each of those individuals I met allowed me to successfully get into all the schools I applied to. And so I think that my takeaway from that was to, if there's something that you want and or going after, just share it with people. Just share it because you just never know who they want and who they know. But at the same time, who wouldn't want to help someone that's so passionate and excited about something? Like you can't help it. You know, when you think of children saying, oh, I want to go play at the park and they're just like antsy, who wouldn't want to just take them to the park? 
if they had the ability to. So it's that thing. If you are like really excited about something and passionate about something, just share it. But that was a moment of vulnerability for me. I was young and naive and I was just like, something just told me to do it. And I just followed my gut and I followed through and I'm glad I did. That's amazing. I love that story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I think we can all be inspired by both making that moment and then going past it and being strong and courageous and stepping into that. It's fantastic. If you had to give everyone one tip or tops, like three tips in terms of how would you turn a busy person, because you're an incredibly busy person, how would you approach turning a busy person into a friend and ally? Ooh, that's an excellent question. I've never had that before. Hmm. Okay. So I was in this event. It was as a speaker and we had breakout rooms. It was a networking event for international entrepreneurs. And the person leading the event before we went into the breakout rooms said he wanted each of us to open up our conversation with how can I help you? And I thought that was really powerful because most people do not take the time to just offer their help without knowing you because these are strangers that we were meeting for the first time. And it was just a new experience for me. And it was like, whoa, wait, (laughs) and it's something that because it's such a new question, it really kind of throws you a little bit. So I had to like take a moment to think about, well, how can you help me? But it captured my attention. And I feel that if you are approaching someone in a sincere way, maybe how may I help you? Or you are truly interested in exploring what you have in common. Because again, we're all human. And going back to our earlier conversation about being lonely, if most, if someone knows that you're interested in finding out what interests you have in common and you want to just talk about that and there's no, there are no other intentions there, you don't, you're not trying to sell them anything. You don't want anything from them. You just want to explore synergies. And if there's a way that you can support them, then it's a win, win, win. And so for me, it's how can I support you? Let's explore synergies. How can I support you? Let's explore how we can support each other. And it's, again, bringing it down to human level where, yay, I get to talk about what I like to do and find out something new because we're also curious people. And then the how can I help you? How can I, you know, that I think is more of an in-person question when you're at an event like, and some people are so used to being guarded. They may be like, oh, what what does this person have up their sleeve? (laughs) So that was a special situation where if you have some sort of icebreaker moment and then discover what you have in common and then get to how can I support you? How can I help you? I don't want anything else. I just want to know. Because I think that if someone feels that you're truly interested in being of service and they'll let their guard down and they'll pay attention. I also think compliments, sincere compliments are a great way. And it's, oh, I really, I came across your book and that quote you had on page or in chapter, whatever, was really impactful or inspiring. That works. Again, we're all human. We all have our insecurities and vulnerabilities, and especially those of us that put out art in any form, if it's a podcast, if it's a book, if it's a painting, 
That's part of who we are. Even if it's a workshop, oh, I heard your last workshop or I, I've read the review about blah, blah, blah. And I, I really wanted to learn more. I've had people reach out to me to be mentored by me or to have an internship with one of the brands that I have. And, and they usually start off with a story of what they're trying to do. And, and then again, just sincerely, can you help me? That's also, like you said, how can I have your help? Can you help me? So I think all of those things really work, but the compliment authentically wanting to share what you guys have in common. And if there's anything that you feel is of equal value to that person, which takes that moment of getting to know them and what they're doing and offering that to them, I think that also works. I love that. I mean, and I agree. I think literally the coolest thing, because I don't know about you, but like, I felt like the book was producing the book was somewhat insular. Yes, you have editors. Yes, you have like early readers, but having complete strangers read the book and react to something that is so very much a creative process, project, outcome, whatever you want to call it, that we've birthed so independently. Mm -hmm. It's mind blowing. Like I, my book's only been out five months and only now really am I getting more feedback from complete strangers. I'm very, very blessed that I had a giant wave of, of friends like reading the book. But now strangers are reaching out and that's so fun. It's, so I hear you with the compliments from the universe. And But you were very clear. It's, it's careful, insightful compliments. Right. Well, I for one love the way you show up. I love your vibrance and your insights and how much you care for the entrepreneurs around you. And it's supporting everyone's journey in a supernova supportive kind of way. Love it. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Supernova. Let's get everyone to unleash. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're doing today, right? With all of this. Thank you so much, Jen. That was great. I'm going to take back the mic and I'm going to wrap up with just a final question from our listeners. For a college student who may not have a lot of professional connections, what would your advice be to tap into the power of connections? So I would brown nose hard with your college professors because (laughs) most of them come from backgrounds that align with whatever you're studying. So for instance, if you're finance, they probably came from Wall Street or other investment type firms and they will know people. And so you want to align yourself with people that can support and help you. Additionally, look to mom and dad. Who do they know? Who's in their network? Who could support you? And I would additionally dream big. So I think it's amazing how few people just set their sights on an ideal person and go for it. So if there's someone that you admire in the world and you like the way they show up and you like the company that they're running and you want to emulate them, reach out, ask for a summer internship, ask how you can support them. We often, I think when we're young and I I mentor someone who's in her early 20s and I've been mentoring her since she was 22, Mm. she forgets that she's adding value, that she's able to help. And even when she was in the job interview process, she just always felt badly for the people interviewing her. And I constantly had to remind her they're desperate for an extra pair of hands and an extra pair of eyes and brain that's going to support their strategic mission. 
So stop taking this, I have nothing to offer attitude and I'm just a taker. Even if you're 19, 20, 21, 22, it doesn't really matter. If you are present and you are driven and you are smart, you are going to be a valid assistant in one way or another. So go ask how you can support them. And through that connection, your path will become clear. I love that. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) I was, as you were sharing that, I was thinking of so many people that was like crossing my mind, like, oh, they need to listen to this podcast. This is so good. I think that's amazing. And I just want to add my own personal question before we close out really quickly with that. It just spurred a question. So in the workplace, what would you do if you're looking to tap into your connections around you? Is there, are there any secret that you talk about in your book? I mean, it really depends on what you want. Like, do you want to leave your company? Do you want to elevate in your company? Like if you want to, let's just say you want to. Let's say pivot since so many people are trying to pivot right now. If you want to pivot, then again, I would look at who's doing it well. I would look at what they have, who they surround themselves with. I would build your network and connections in a line with that. I would get really clear your timing and how you're going to do that. And then there might even be synergies with your current employer. How can you do that pivot in a way that's most supported? And so if you can do that pivot and be supported by your current employer, wow, how much of a home run is that? So I think it's getting creative. I think it's also getting logical. How can I be, yeah, more supported to do this by the people that I know? And we all know someone that can help. And for some strange reason, we always seem to want to look beyond our backyard. You know, we always like walk out into the street. Meanwhile, there's like a party of people who are totally willing to take your call hanging in your backyard. Mm. So head to the backyard, people, and see (laughs) who knows who, because they're going to help. Head to the backyard barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. This was really, really insightful. I appreciate you and super excited about your book and anyone that wants to get their hands on more of the nuggets that you're sharing, what is the best way for them to connect with you and stay in touch with you? So the easiest way to find me and the book is to go to jennash.com. That's J-E-N-N-A-S-H.com. And if you go forward slash books, you'll find a link takes you to Amazon. The big power of tiny connections is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble chapters, or if you want to support your local bookstore, just give them a call and ask them to order it in and they'll get it for you. I'm always about supporting local and Hey, maybe you get your steps walking there. Right? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I know. Cause I'm, I'm all about reasons to get out of the house these days. Cause otherwise I just sit and work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, reach out by all means, if you want to connect. I have a contact form on my website, throw it out. I read every one of them that I get. And it's always awesome to hear from listeners. Wonderful. Well, thanks again. It was so fun just going through everything. And I think that we could have literally (laughs) gone on for another hour easy. So I might have to bring you back. might have to bring you back. But again, thanks so much, Jen, for being here today. Oh, it was a treat. And thank you for letting me host for a couple of questions. How fun. Yes, you did fabulous. (laughs) 
And thank you again for listening to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, your guide to creativity, manifestation, and mindfulness, where we show you how to tap into and become the brightest version of yourselves. And if you loved what you hear today, if you love what you heard today, please share with a friend. Don't forget to leave a review as well. And if you have not yet gotten your copy of Unleash Your Supernova, the book, what are you waiting for? Again, it's available at all your favorite bookstores on Amazon as well. Unleash Your Supernova, the book. Learn how to tap into that limitless power that you have within you. Increase creativity while beating burnout. Thank you again. This is your host, Nova Lorraine. And until next time, ciao.